imagine the discomfort and the unrest that we have to sit in every day as Black people. And I mean, we have to sit in it every day. We don't have a choice because of how this country was built, how things have gone, how we're judged by the color of our skin. But you have a choice whether you want to be comfortable or uncomfortable. And unfortunately, sometimes being an ally means being uncomfortable. Hey, mamas, welcome to the More Than a Mother podcast, where we believe you can pursue your dreams and be a great mother at the same time. I am your host, LaJuan Moses, and I am helping you find the freedom to live. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey there. Welcome back to the More Than a Mother podcast. This is your host, LaJuan Moses, and I'm back with you again for another great episode. If this is your first time listening, I welcome you to the More Than a Mother podcast, where we believe that you can pursue your dreams and be a great mom at the same time. I am LaJuan Moses, personal success strategist for working moms, and I am here to help moms strengthen their sense of self, reclaim their power, and unleash their full potential in business and in life without sacrificing their family time. If you're listening to this episode when it is released, you will notice that we have stepped away from our normal scheduled programming and our normal discussions to talk about an issue that is very important with everything that is happening around us in June 2020 in the United States. We are in the midst of what I would like to call seeing things start to change and transform. Eyes are being opened to things that people didn't normally see, conversations are being had, people are listening, and this is really a defining moment, I feel, in our country. This moment can really be a part of history and really is a part of history where we have seen all 50 states come together, along with our partners over in the UK, Paris, things of that nature, and everyone is protesting police brutality and most and most recently the killing of George Floyd at the hands of a police officer, well, several police officers. But I'm here to talk to you today about how to be an effective ally. Now, there are a lot of questions that are roaming around, things that are going on. And in my last episode, I kind of shared my feelings and I was transparent in my journey, just telling from my perspective how things are happening things that have been happening for a long time with racial injustice and systemic oppression, and just how we can all start to come together and kind of really make a difference together. But from there, I wanted to move forward to help give some of our white allies just some action steps, some tangible tips that you can walk away with and really put into action to really start making a difference. If you remember, if you listened to the last episode, I left off with asking you, What are you going to do to make a difference? Now, I know there are many white allies that are listening and some that want to become allies or are working towards becoming allies, but may not really know where to start, what to do, and may really just feel powerless at this moment, as I expressed in the last episode. But I want you to know that it doesn't, you don't have to feel powerless. I don't want you to feel like you have to change the world overnight. I just want you to be in a place where you just recognize that there are things that you can do to help make a difference. I want to talk to you about is how you can be an effective ally and how to make an impact as an ally. I have several steps that I'm going to leave you with, and I hope that 
you find these helpful to you and just give you a great starting point. I mean, I think it's great that everyone has rallied around. People are using their voices. There is a such a showing of unity at this moment. And I really don't want us to lose that momentum because as we know, things will continue to happen. Life will go on. And a lot of times, as we do in the United States, we become so accustomed to violence, so accustomed to things going on, things being sensationalized, that we have momentum for a moment, then it's forgotten about, it falls off, it's not a trend anymore, and things go back to business as usual until the next big thing happens. But my challenge today is to keep the momentum going, don't let it be a trend, don't let it be a hot topic. Let it be a moment for true transformation, a moment for true, ch- true change, so that when things happen, we are already at a, in a place where we are making progress, making movement forward, so that we can start to address the roots of these issues. So my charge, as I said today, is to just keep going, keep pushing. The media is going to find something else to talk about, but we cannot let racial injustice, systemic oppression everything else that is going on, we cannot let it fall by the wayside. We must keep it at the forefront if we truly want to see transformation and change occur in this country. So one of the first ways that you can become an effective ally is to check on your strong Black friends. Now, I say that because it is known that Black people are known for being strong and known for having to adapt and adjust and keep things moving. But I will tell you that in this moment, many of us are not okay. We're hurt, we're grieving, we're upset, angry. And it may feel like you're not doing enough, but I can tell you that just reaching out to your friends and asking, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And really listening to them can go further than you may even know. And Honestly, I'm just going to say the conversation, the words that are said may not be the best words. The feelings that are had may not be the most politically correct feelings or how we're used to just watching the way we talk about things in public. But I mean, these are real feelings that people have. So I mean, I just want you to be open that when you are asking these questions and checking on your friends, be a listening ear. It's not a time to be defensive. It's not a time to make it about you. I mean, it's natural that when we empathize, we always want to relate it to a situation that occurs in our life. And while our empathy will allow us to feel that and allow us to step into that moment to where we may have, you may feel that you felt a similar feeling, you don't really know what it's like to experience oppression, racial injustice, and things of that nature. It's really just a time to listen so that you can start to gain an understanding of the experience of Black people in America. Then once you start listening, you can take that information, figure out what next steps you may need to take to help make a change. I mean, now is a time to have your listening ears on. I know when we were in school, our teachers used to always say, and, and my parents used to always say, and I tell my kids, if you're talking, then you're not listening. So now is a time to check in with your friends, check in with those around you, Check on your Black friends and see how they are doing. Figure out if there's any support that may be needed or anything that you may be able to do and really just start to engage in conversation. Now, when I say engage in conversation, I don't want you to look to your friend to be the information source, the encyclopedia, to answer all your questions about racial injustice, oppression, and things of that nature. 
because we are really just not in the headspace um, mentally in a place to do that. So, I mean, just listen to the feelings, understand the feelings, and then try to go forward from there. Next, I want you to learn to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. In this country, we know that politics and race are two conversations that we tend not to have because they make people uncomfortable. But now is the time to be uncomfortable because if you haven't realized, by sitting in our comfortable areas, sitting in our bubbles, things that should have changed long ago when certain laws and things are put in place, we're in 2020 and they really haven't changed. If you look at pictures from during the civil rights movement and things that happened around that nature, then you compare them to pictures and images that you see right now in 2020, you really wouldn't be able to tell the difference if it wasn't for the style of clothes, the definition of the picture and things of that nature, because there are still some of the same fights and battles that were happening back during civil rights that are happening right now. And that's because we got into this zone of being comfortable and not wanting to upset people and not wanting to ruffle feathers. But I mean, now is the time to ruffle feathers. It's time to get uncomfortable, time to get upset because it's not, it isn't until we start to evoke those change, get to those emotions, have those tough conversations that understanding can be gained. I mean, it's through our unrest, through our discomfort that we start to learn things and start to see things through a different light. I mean, it may make you uncomfortable. You may not like being in that environment and having those conversations. You may be worried that you're going to say the wrong words or upset someone. But how do you learn if you're not willing to have those conversations? If you're not willing to step outside your bubble, step outside your comfort zone and really just have conversations with those around you about race, about injustice, about hate, about oppression, things of that nature, even about politics. Because at the end of the day, we're coming up on some big elections and politics and voting are definitely going to take place and are definitely going to be a part of that. You're going to have to learn to sit in that discomfort. I mean, it may even be with the relationships of those around you because you're educating yourself, you're learning about things going on, and then you want to go out and share with your family members. But we recognize that not all white people are in the same place. Not everyone is ready to be an ally. Not everyone wants to be an ally. So I know from some of my white friends that are allies, as I said in the last episode, they have racist family members that they may unfriend on Facebook. They may not follow them. They may only have limited interactions with them during holidays and certain family events. And that's a position that they've placed themselves in and they're okay with it because they're looking forward to the change, looking forward to when things are equitable and everyone has equitable access to resources and things of that nature. So it may just be a lonely space that you may have to stand in as an ally, but just know that you're not alone because there are other allies out there that you can connect with. And I just want you to think about that being in that lonely space, being in that place of discomfort, just liking that to someone who was born black and every day from the time that they can walk, talk, And whenever our children all of a sudden become threats, we're walking in that discomfort. We're walking in that unrest. We're having uncomfortable conversations with our children. We're doing all the things, taking safety measures, because each day we walk out of our house, it is a risk. We're praying over our children. We're 
worrying over our children, our spouses, our mates, our parents, anyone that when they're out in the streets, when they go to work, when they go to the store, that they come back safely. When you're in the store and there is that discomfort and unrest because someone may follow you around and things of that nature. So imagine the discomfort and the unrest that we have to sit in every day as Black people. And I mean, we have to sit in it every day. We don't have a choice because of how this country was built, how things have gone, how we're judged by the color of our skin. But you have a choice whether you want to be comfortable or uncomfortable and Unfortunately, sometimes being an ally means being uncomfortable, but I just charge you to figure out, is it worth it? Are you ready to be uncomfortable? Do you really want to be an ally? Because if you really want to be an ally, you're not going to be very concerned about sitting in the discomfort. You're not going to be very concerned about the unrest. You're going to find other allies, band together, and do what you need to do to start making a difference and start making an impact so that you can be an effective ally. So while it may be uncomfortable in certain situations, just know that there are other white allies out here that you can band together with and that you can all get it done together. And the conversations that you have, the information that you read, I mean, it may make you uncomfortable, but it also brings a certain level of awareness. And when you start reaching certain levels of awareness, when things start to change, it's never comfortable. Just remember that. And I left some resources in the last episode to some that my friends have told me about, books such as White Fragility and Uprooting Racism. They're two great books that can help you start to understand the roots of racism and racial inequality, as well as give you strategies and ways to which you can help make more of an impact as an ally. If you're an ally that's listening, you're struggling with the beginning steps and Having to be uncomfortable, I encourage you to pick up those two books. I'll make sure I link to them in this episode as well. And also reach out to some other allies you may know who may have other resources that help them get started. And I mean, it's really when you start to understand the white privilege and understand what it means to be privileged and kind of take that negative connotation because I feel that when people hear the word privilege, they automatically think of it as something negative. And it's not, as I said in the last episode, it's not anything that's negative. It's just recognizing that I have a certain advantage. And because I have this certain advantage, I'm going to help some of those who may not have that same advantage. I'm going to help them. I'm going to use my privilege in a positive way to help make a difference. I mean, giving having that privilege gives you an advantage. I mean, you've had it your whole life. You may have never known, but now you know. And the thing is, once you know, it's all about what you do with it. It's up to you to use your privilege in a way that's going to evoke change, that's going to encourage transformation, that's going to call out the actions of other white people, and it's going to help to advance certain initiatives within the Black community. I mean, you have a certain level of access. You have privilege. Your voice can reach levels that our voices cannot reach. I mean, have you ever noticed in certain situations where things may happen to a Black person or Black people and they may speak out against it? They may have a complaint and things of that nature, but it isn't until a white ally, a white voice, someone with white privilege speaks up against that same injustice. And we can even liken that to the things that are happening right now with the George Floyd situation and his horrible, horrible murder and death and the protests that are happening where we have everyone of all colors that are coming together 
and really seeing how there has been such an ability to evoke change and make things happen because our white allies have joined together with us. Recognize that your white privilege, it has an advantage. And once you recognize that you have that privilege, it's all about how you use it. Now, I heard a great conversation about supremacy and privilege the other day. And I mean, just recognize that supremacy, as it was broken down, deals with the hate and the evilness and things of that nature. So don't get offensive when you hear someone saying that you have privilege. They're not saying that in a negative way. It's just saying that you, your voice, the things you say, the things you do, your actions are going to be taken seriously on a different level than mine, mine are. So that's why it is so important that in the Black community, we have white allies that are really with us in the trenches, fighting with us on our behalf and for our behalf so that we can really start to see change on so many levels. And then after you have an understanding of your privilege and then you start to break down those roots of racism and things of that nature, it is up to you to start having conversations with other white people. It is up to you to really be effective as an ally and start those uncomfortable conversations that we talked about earlier. I mean, Black people, we fight this every day and we're tired. We're grieving right now. We're upset. And really, if we want to get down to it, we cannot teach a white person how to be an ally. We can give you resources. We can point you in certain directions, but It's kind of that each one, teach one, where it really takes, and this was broken down to me by one of my white friends, that white people have to teach white people about white privilege and about being an ally. As a Black person, it's not my job, it's not my duty, and I really cannot teach that to you. The same way you've never been Black, I've never been white, so I cannot teach you what it means to understand your privilege and use your privilege and really how to be an ally. I can just give you these tips from what I see and my point of view and things of that nature on how you can be effective and make an impact. But it's really up to you to start teaching other white people how to be an effective ally and teach, have those conversations about racism, injustice, oppression, and really band together and figure out how you all can really make a difference. And it's kind of like when we say that moms cannot teach boys how to be men. There are, of course, two totally different scenarios, but when you think about it as a mother, you don't really know what it is to be a man. So yes, we can raise our sons, we can give them the best tools and things that we know of as a woman, but at the end of the day, can we really teach them how to be men? I mean, we can grow them into young men, but there's always that point that is missing to where it takes a father figure or someone really to be there to kind of help groom them into young men. So think about it that way when it comes to educating fellow white people and getting in circles with your allies and things of that nature. It's up to you all to start teaching one another, start understanding things from your point of view and figure out how you can best through your lens make a difference. And I mean, when all else fails, you can go to Google, you can go to YouTube and you can figure out how to use your privilege in a positive way, how to be an effective ally, how to make an impact as an ally. There are so many resources at your hand. It's just up to you to tap into them. And it's up to you to take action. You can learn all you want about racism, about racial injustice, about oppression, things of that nature. You can learn, learn, educate yourself, but it's really all in vain if you fail to take action. 
you can gain an understanding of white privilege. You can recognize that you have white privilege, but if you don't do anything to use your privilege in a positive manner and to help those that may not have that same privilege, then what good is it to learn? What good is all that knowledge if you're not taking action? It may cause you to have to speak up against racism in larger circles of people within your own family, but it's up to you to start making a difference one action at a time. I encourage you that with all this information you're gaining, because everyone is not going to listen to this podcast or to other podcasts that are talking about this subject. Everyone is not going to be open to that conversation, to this conversation. Everyone is not going to want to listen, learn, understand how to be an ally, understand how to advocate for Black people. But it's up to you, the one who is taking the time to kind of step outside of your zone. And yes, this conversation right now may be making you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but you're willing and open to listen to an opinion of a Black woman that could help you perhaps be a a more impactful ally. And because you've taken that step to turn on this podcast, to sit down and listen to this episode, I mean, you can take all this in, but it's up to you to share it. Share it with those around you, those that are open to it, those that want to make that change, those that are feeling powerless and helpless right now and really want to make a difference. It's up to you to take the information that you have learned, that you're learning right now listening to this podcast and share it with them. Take action. As it says, faith without works is dead. It's kind of the same thing here. You can get all the education. You can get all the information. But if you're not taking action, then what good is it? I encourage you, I implore you to take action today. If you are a business owner, if you are a leader, or if you hold some type of leadership position, I can't stress to you enough the importance of having a diverse team of people within your company or organization. Have diversity among your employees. Make sure that you have diversity in your leadership staff and your decision-making positions. And when I say diversity, I mean this conversation is specifically around race and racial injustice and oppression, but diversity goes beyond race. Equity goes beyond race. We're talking about gender, sex, ableism, things of that nature. You really want to have a diverse group of people within your organization, working for your organization, and making decisions for your organization. And those are all things that need to be taken into consideration when you are building your team or hiring your staff. I mean, when you have a diverse team in place, when you have diverse group of people around, sitting around a table making decisions when something happens, because believe me, something is always going to happen, whether it be something with dealing with race, with gender, with ableism, anything of that nature, something is always going to happen. And as a leader, as a business owner, you really need to be in a position to where you're ready for whenever that something happens. When it happens, you're able to pull your team together around the table, get them on a conference call, however it may be, a Zoom meeting, and address this issue. Talk about it as a team and then figure out together the best practices and the best approach to take. I mean, it's it's difficult already to have the conversation, difficult to be in the predicament, but when you lack diversity around the table, you're really lacking some insight into the situation. So just imagine how, think about how your reaction to a situation can impact your business. And I mean, we saw it happen with certain online businesses. So think, just think about those things when it comes to building your team, when it comes to hiring your staff. And furthermore, 
get some diversity training for your team. Diversity training is so important. I mean, there are educators and trainers who specialize in diversity, in inclusion, social justice. Consider adding that to your career development plan to where you have diversity training that occurs every year just so that you can stay up to date on the best practices because diversity and inclusion are important on so many levels. I encourage you to have a diverse staff have a diverse organization, but if you're at the point where you're already established and your staff may not look very diverse, I mean, if you can't bring on another person right now, then I highly encourage you to invest in some training on diversity and inclusion so that you can develop a better understanding as a leader, as a team, so that you can move forward and better address these situations and know best practices and things of that nature when it comes to business, when it comes to your company and your organization. I mean, no one has all the answers. No one's going to get it right 100% of the time. But when you have a diverse group, when you invest in that diversity training, then you have different sets of ears listening. You have different sets of eyes watching so that when you get together at the table, you can bring your unique perspectives and your point of views together. And collectively as a whole, you can sit down and come up with a plan to say, okay, this is how we're going to best handle this as a team. Another thing you can do is to support Black businesses. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware, but Black women are growing in numbers of being business owners and entrepreneurs. We'll see where Black women get tired of dealing with that glass ceiling and barriers at work fighting for equitable pay. So we are seeing a growing number of Black women entrepreneurs, and but there are still barriers that we face. Barriers such as access to capital and things of that nature are impacting not just Black women entrepreneurs, but Black entrepreneurs as a whole. So I encourage you to support Black businesses. That may mean that you buy Black, that you buy something from a Black business, that you help promote Black businesses and Black platforms and Black podcasts and voices that help to promote them on your channels. Share them on your, share businesses on your platform, make referrals. I mean, we're all connected There is enough room for everyone at the table. So we support everyone. We are out here supporting, buying things. So I just implore you any way that you can show some support to a Black business, whether it's buying a product, buying a service, bringing them in to do a training for your team, sharing it on your platform, letting people know that such great resources exist, and just really sharing your platform, using your voice using that certain privilege that you have to kind of promote and support Black businesses. Also, you can volunteer with and make donations or encourage those that are connected with you to volunteer and make donations to organizations and causes that support the Black community, such as the Black Lives Matter movement, the NAACP, Black Vision Collective, and Color of Change. I mean, those are just a few organizations, but that is another way if you're feeling powerless, if you're if you're not one that wants to be out doing the active protesting, donate to the cause, volunteer with the agencies, become a part of the conversation, sit at the table, because we're always sitting at tables and becoming a part of your conversation. So we're inviting you to have a have a seat at our table, get at our organizations, understand the black voice, understand the black perspective so that you can go and start to make a transformation and see different ways that you can impact. So again, 
volunteer with, make donations, support Black businesses, organizations that are out here making a change. And lastly, I encourage you to vote. Voting is very important. And not only just voting in presidential elections, but even the state and local elections. Make sure that you understand how your vote not only is going to impact yourself, but how it also impacts the Black community. I mean, voting is important for everyone, and everyone really needs to get out and vote. But that is one way that you can help make a difference when you are really seeing who is on the ballot, understanding what they stand for. And this is not just for our white allies, it's for any people of color that may be listening. Also, understand that your vote really does matter and that it really you really can make a difference when you vote. Now, I could go on and on with this list because there is so much work to be done when it comes to racial injustice and systemic oppression. This list could go on forever. But I believe in knowing that moms are busy, knowing that everyone is listening. I feel that I have left you with some great starting points, some great places to turn to, some great resources at hand. And as I said before, when you feel you need more reach out to your fellow white ally, reach out to the white people around you, go to Google, go to YouTube, and really just start learning. Amazon is full of books that you can read. Like I mentioned, White Fragility and Uprooting Racism. Start with those two books. The world right now, you can learn so many things just at your fingertips. There is so much education, so much knowledge at your fingertips. It's just up to you to go out and find it. And in the end, I just want to just... Think about the tragedy that really brought us here and started these conversations. And George Floyd was not the first. He most likely will not be the last because it's going to really take some systemic level changes. But it just brought me back to hearing and seeing where people said that when George was laying there, life was slipping from his body, he was calling for his mama. I mean, one of his last final words, him screaming for his mama. And no, his mom isn't living. No, she wasn't there. But however, him calling for her just shows that even in death, even when he was slipping away, even knowing that his mom wasn't there, wasn't living and couldn't come to his aid, he still was calling for and still wanted his mama. And now in death, he has been reunited with his mother. But I just want to really speak to the importance of knowing that no matter how old a child gets, no matter how old a man, woman, whomever gets, always going to be calling for mama in life or in death. And mom, that just shows that no matter how old they get, they're going to always look for mom to come fix it, always look for mom to help them, always look for moms to save, even when they know mom cannot be there. And That just should speak and show you this, the power of your motherhood, the power that you have to set the tone as a mother, as a woman in your household, the powerful conversation that you can have in your household because your kids are always going to look to mom, always going to want advice from mom, always going to want help from mom. So start having these conversations about love and equity. Teach love. Don't teach hate. Teach acceptance. Teach equity. Have these conversations because If nothing, if you've learned nothing from this, just learn that at the end of the day, no matter how old your child gets, no matter the situation, it's all coming back to mom. Moms, we have the power to make a difference. We have the power to educate our kids on love, not hate. We have the power to set the tone in our household, and we should use that to have healthy discussions 
around race, racism. Motherhood is universal. This is a time for moms everywhere to come together because at the end of the day, as George showed us, it all comes back to mom. Thanks so much for listening. I'm so glad that you joined me for this episode. It is my hope that you feel empowered and encouraged through everything that you heard. Yes, this was a tough conversation to have. Yes, it was difficult. Yes, it was hard. Not everyone will have the same opinions. Not everyone will have the same experiences, but I just thank you for being open to hearing and having this conversation. And just remember that through everything that you have going on, keep going, keep pushing, because mama, you've got this. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to LawanMoses.com. I love for us to stay in touch. Make sure you leave your email address so I can send you inspiration, tips, and the latest updates. Or if you prefer, text the word more, that's M-O-R-E, to 302-440-4632. We have some great things coming up and I don't want you to miss a thing. Thanks again. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, keep pressing because victory is yours.